Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 279 for March 17th, 2021. My name is Phil Pinsky. With me, as always, Tim Sway and Bill Lutz. This week's top Patreon supporters are Lakeside Woodcrafter, Klingspore Woodworking Shop, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta. Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashir, Paul Jackman, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, Darren Mattis, Isotunes, Tim Holliner. That was a little preemptive. And of course, Gangi and Pop Pop Makerspace. No, you what ha- you are have to we leave, working on? You have to leave what? Bill space after Isotunes because he wants to ring a bell too. That's what. Oh, that okay, okay, okay. I didn't realize. Uh, for like four weeks now, weeks. every week, and you're like shocked that I did it. Four weeks? I don't know about that. Okay. Um, <laughs> what are we working on? I'm gonna go first. What? What are you? What's going on right now? What is this? We said we were gonna keep things tight this week. Tight. You're keeping right. things very loose right now. All right, keep it tight, Phil. Go. Come on, do it. All right. Do it. What I'm working on, uh, I made no progress on any of my projects. Next, Tim? Pretty similar, actually. Well, though, that's not true. I did I did finally get out. Uh, I had four instruments on my workbench. I got three out. They're in the mail. Uh, one's already been received, and I, I still have to finish up the pipa. And then I'm starting up my next batch of designing and whatnot. Uh, and then I'm waiting on some parts to get my tools out. I got a couple tools that we were talking about. I'm just that's all in a holding pattern. I'm waiting for an estimate on one thing, and then I'm waiting for these things to get made on the other. So uh, that's about where I am right now. How about um, how about you, Bill? Um, no projects, but I did uh, reorganize a little bit and do a little spring cleaning in the garage. Oh, me too. And as we just mentioned um, a while ago on how to you know spice up your life in the shop. I found a, a carpet <laughs> on the side of the road. I don't know if you guys can see it, but now my workbench has a six by nine carpet underneath oh, nice it. White carpet in the shop, perfect. Yeah. I know, and I've already burned holes in it because I was grinding on something. So that was fun. I but don't it, like it's, hearing it's, you say you're grinding on something. <laughs> don't ever say that again. <laughs> I was using an angle grinder. Thank and you. And the sparks were shooting down and kind of melted a little, little tiny bit. However, uh, one of the reasons, again, why I like that carpet. It just it just makes it nicer to stand on to move around and by finding one on the curb or wherever um, when it gets all messed up I'm just going to send it back on its way to where it was headed to anyway you know so it's not really an expense um, and it, it I really like it and it's actually just about the same height as my bob mat so it, it works out well anyway great so that, that's kind of what I was uh, working on there just a little bit of shop cleaning a little spring cleaning. How about, uh, uh, well, Phil, nothing, Tim. That I'll take it from here. Thanks, Bill. Um, so, moving <laughs> on to our next segment. <laughs> you know how in, like, Zoom calls you can mute, you have, like, the mute button? We need to do that this way. <laughs> so we, oh, my God. We can switch to mute. Let's switch to Zoom. What's the difference? We could do this on Zoom. What's the difference between Zoom and Skype? Uh, Zoom, you have to pay for the amount of time that we would use. I already pay for it. Oh, do you really? Yeah, I pay for it for work. Hmm. How about that? It's a write-off. 
So, I mean, I, already, yeah. I just if you if you have the mute button, it's gonna go to your head. Yeah, I don't think so. I'll, you, I'll you never be heard. <laughs> yeah. No, I let you introduce yourself at the beginning. So, so like twenty minutes in. So then, when Jake turned three, we decided. To <laughs> yeah, exactly. Later, suckers. Uh, no, I would never do that. Probably. Um, yeah. So here's what we're gonna do. Uh, we've been mixing things up, and I enjoy doing that. So before we get to our topic, I want to do our um, tip segment, and our tip segment is brought to you by our tip sponsor, uh, Isotunes. Now, for any of you who have been living under the proverbial rock, what is Isotunes, you ask? And I will answer for you. Gladly, I'll oblige. Isotunes is a family of hearing protection products that uh, is actually, I called it a, it's a family of because it's a series of products, but it's also a family uh, business. And so the company is, is family run, uh, but at the end of the day, who cares? Because the products are phenomenal and they are OSHA compliant and they come in like earbuds. Uh, but my preference is the over-ear cans are called the Isotunes Lynx, and they're phenomenal. So what does that mean for you? Two things. One, there is a, uh, a code that you can use, a coupon code that lets you get $10 off your purchase. So that's anywhere between 15 and 20% off, which is, which is great. And you can go to isotunes.com slash reclaimed audio and use the code reclaimed10, and that will give you your $10 off. And the other thing is, is Everybody who submits a tip for this tip segment gets entered in a draw to win your choice of product that's on that landing page, which is uh, isotunes.com slash reclaimed audio. So we're going to be doing that draw at the end of, actually probably the beginning of May is when we'll do it. So we can collecting for the next six weeks. We have already collected for the last, the last six weeks. So it was like a three-month campaign. And at the end of which, someone will get an, an awesome set of uh, isotunes, their choice. So... Uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna rip through these because we got a bunch today. So and they're all worth hearing. Okay, so let's yeah. do it. No mute button on these ones. Go. Okay. Well, the, well, the first one we'll do is from John Made It, and I said they're all worth hearing, and maybe half of this is worth hearing, <laughs> but but he sent it in as a recording, not for us to read. So we're stuck listening to the whole thing, and here it is. Hi guys, it's John from John Made It, and I have a few tips for you. Tip one. If you want to have a better chance of winning a pair of ISO tunes, enter as many tips as possible to reclaimed audio podcast. Tip 2. Hot glue is a great long-term temporary fixing method. I've used it to hold small pieces in place on the CNC or when running an extension cable around the house. And with a drip of alcohol it will come off and leave no marks. Don't use your good whiskey. Rubbing alcohol will do. Tip 3. Clean safety glasses. I find if you have clean safety glasses that aren't scratched up or dusty that once you got them on you forget you are wearing them. So. I buy a few cheap glasses at a time and as soon as they get a scratch I grab a new pair. Tip 4. Reclaim previous said tips to make it look like you have said more tips. Tip 5. Use solder to trace out complicated shapes so you can transfer them to your workpiece. Tip 9. Skip a few numbers when listing your tips so it looks like you have given more tips. Tip 10. Most warranty claims on tools or other item you need to produce a proof of purchase. So. When it's possible I attach the receipt to the tool. 
If it's a power corded tool I put the receipt in a Ziploc bag and wrap it around the cord. Tip 11. Use Bill's math when counting up your tips. Out of those 11 tips there were about 5 fake silly tips and only 3 real tips. So 3 times 11 equals 33. Call it 40. Take away the 5 fake tips makes it 55 tips. I feel I need to come clean. This isn't actually me speaking. It's Google Translator's text-to-speech feature. Did I have you fooled? Thank you, John. <laughs> As always, thank you, John. I, I just what wow. a character. What a character. I love John. Okay, uh, who's next? Um, do Do you have one queued up, Bill, or do you want me to keep going? Yeah, I, I'm ready. Okay. So the other one is from uh, uh, Patrick, and um, first of all, I got I was lucky enough to meet Patrick. He used to live fairly close in the Bay Area to me. I met him at a little uh, meetup with uh, Andrew Aragon, of all people. At Andrew's uncle's house or something. Anyway, um, but Patrick writes in. Um, he's got three different uh, uh, tips, and one of them and two of them actually kind of go in line with a, <laughs> a, a couple of our other ones. But the first one is um, uh, he recently was able to find a, a, a fairly inexpensive or a free uh, the old metal desk at, by going to look around for colleges that are having auctions. Because um, mm. a lot of times they'll upgrade their furniture, their equipment, and they'll auction off the other stuff that they have. They're open auctions. You can go in or they'll have a sale. Also, by, um, and to add to that, where I live, every second Sunday of the month at the junior college, there's a flea market that they host. And I've perused that several times. And there's always – flea markets are amazing because it's real people getting rid of real stuff. And sometimes their garbage is always your treasure. So there's that. The second one, uh, he says, if you drill a couple of small holes in your bench, your table legs of your bench at an angle, they now become holders for maybe a screwdriver or a pencil or something that you're always, instead of reaching around and looking for it, there's always, so utilize, you know, maybe not your beautifully, you know, Spagnolo, my best friend's Rubo type bench, but. Not your best friend. He's, not oh, your he's best, friend. best friend. But anyway, uh, so friend. drilling holes to, uh, to hold some of your. You know, items that you might reach for all the time. I, I thought that was pretty good. Mm. And then the last one kind of touches my own heart a little bit. Uh, he has a collection of cigar boxes that um, he finally found a use for them, which is using them. And I've said this before, use them for storage. But the one I didn't think of is he will take and actually screw them in between the studs of the, you know, in his shop or in the garage. Yeah. And by doing that, I mean, not for real super heavy things, but now you've got, you can stack them up and they're like, you know, you, you just lift the lid. You've got little... It's kind of like a storage thing. And he says, and if you put something light, you can put it on top of it. So you've got little miniature shelves and storage boxes. All three great tips. That's what we're looking for. If you don't use these exactly, maybe it'll spark something else. So thank you, Patrick. You, oh, and here's the most amazing thing. Hold on. Well, go ahead, Phil. I want you to say his last name as well. Oh, Patrick Curtis. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but, the, but the last and most amazing thing is after he gave us these tips, he said, and Bill. Would you mind if I got some advice from you on how to work on my computer? Sort of voids the whole tip section right there, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> wow. Talk about losing credibility like in a heartbeat. <laughs> Talk about burying the lead. Who would have thunk know. it? I mean, seriously. So we love yeah. you, Patrick. Thank you for the tips. Carry on, boys. Carry on. Uh Sort of related to that, interestingly enough, is from all the way across the pond, uh, Richard Martin uh, wrote in to tell us that uh well he goes to the store that should not be named but he's blaming it on his wife uh the stores like ikea um 
if you end up there by accident, he writes in quotes, uh, and you end up with a or with a pocket full of those little pencils, like those like sort of mini golf sized pencils that they have by accident in quotes, um, they come in handy around the shop because uh, they're real handy uh, if you wh- what do you write here to make the find little find and drill little holes in some scrap wood and stick the pencils in with to spray paint them a bright color so they don't blend in. And then I was thinking about Patrick's holes in the bench. So first he's saying, you get all these pencils, you're not paying for them. Spray paint them bright red so you don't lose them or bright pink or whatever. And then if you take Patrick's tip of drilling a bunch of little diagonal holes uh, into your leg, now you have all these little pencils there. Because, you know, I break the tip all the time on the pencil and then you got to go to the pencil mm-hmm. sharpener and sharpen it. But if you have 20 of these little cheapo pencils line up you can just deal with sharpening them later right that was kind of what i was thinking it's like yeah. combining these two these two so i was also right thinking that cheapo is a um, synonym for stolen very cool well I mean, maybe they do now. things hold differently on. in let's, england let's, but let's save yeah. this save this tip idea i work next to a, a golf course not anymore they quit it's now a, an overgrown jungle however um i had at work several boxes of the golf pencils and they were blue and they were about four inches long um, and we would get them from the golf courses. We would use them at work. Well, that was a hundred years ago. Uh, so then I find all these, pe- and I didn't get them, but the, the guys that used to work there, the old school guys, I'm now the old school guy there. And I find these boxes of pencils. I'm like, Oh, so I brought a box home. So I had like 150 of these little pencils. You can buy them by the way, if you look for them, cause they are handy. And that's exactly what I did, Tim. I use it. If it's snapped, I just set it down. I get another one. You get three or four that have broken tips on it. Go to the you sharpen those up and put them right back into mm-hmm. service again. So, yeah, great idea. Yeah. Uh, right. I don't know why this is reminding me of it, but I remember um, uh, Zach from ZH Fabrications, like I think it was on an Instagram story like years ago. It's just this one little thing I saw him do that I just thought was funny as heck. And I always remember is that he you know, he's a metal worker, so it's not pencils for him. It's Sharpies, right? And so he right. has like this like 30-pack, like one of those like, you know, box store jumbo packs of Sharpies. And he pulls them up and he's like oh, I'm so excited I've always wanted to do this and he grabs them and he just literally starts picking them up and throwing them around his workshop <laughs> he just scatters them everywhere so like everywhere. on the floor on the bench and I just thought that was hilarious uh, so you could do that too yeah. with those little pencils <laughs> I wouldn't super recommend that last thing you <laughs> no, want to do is walk around and slip on there's, one there's some safety reasons why probably not yeah. to you know. it's like I'm sure he ran around cleaning up those sharpies after that Instagram post. oh I'm sure he did too but it was just funny you know yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, do we have another? I think we have another tip. Uh, we have a couple more. Yeah, two more, it looks like. Do um, it. Do it. Okay, well, uh, Jake wrote, and I don't think he meant this to be a, a tip, but I'm using it as a tip. Jake, how do I pronounce his last name again? Lachinsky? Lachinsky. Lachinsky. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jake Lachinsky wrote, um, he was listening to us the other day when we were talking about finding uh, you know, good tools inexpensively, and he wrote he lives in Tennessee in the McMinnville area, and he can assure you, Phil, that Powermatic isn't just hanging around cheap there. <laughs> I said cheap. I uh, said it was there. It was, I'm sure it was there, but yeah. Uh, but since I am cheap, I do like making things, I have, and I have used this site repeatedly, and he puts a link down to govdeals.com. That's G-O-V-D-E-A-L-S.com. And now that's a little bit different than, like, I mean, I know I've been on the military surplus sites and the U.S. government surplus sites, but these are like local government too. So like, it'll be like the, you know, the the town of Upper McCungie's, you know, building department has a desk they want to get yeah, rid yeah. of, and they'll put it on this site. Yeah. So you can actually search. Yeah. You can search in your zip code and uh, whatnot. And just before we started doing the podcast, I was looking around at all the 
the used cop cars and fire trucks for sale in my area. I'm trying to think of how I can convince my wife that's a good idea. <laughs> I I don't think you'd work. I don't think that would work. I know her pretty well. There's no <laughs> argument you could make. You're like, you know what? You're right, honey. We do need a 30-year-old cop car. <laughs> I actually got Casey to old. go look at one with me and test drove it. And I made her drive it because yeah. I thought she'd yeah. fall in love with how cool it was. And it was in uh, San Francisco. And after she almost sideswiped, because it was the biggest thing she'd ever driven, right? Uh, Crown yeah. Victoria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And uh, after she almost, pack. I'm in the passenger seat looking how close she's driving to all these cars on this little street. I'm like, okay, you're right. We don't need one of these. <laughs> <laughs> but she, she must have liked. She liked the power of this thing. She didn't like it at all. She, oh, okay. she, at that time, she was like, this is too big. It's got horrible gas mileage. This is when we first started dating, and she was in San Francisco, and it's like it, you know, it doesn't yeah. run on oil and veggies and there's, all of that good stuff. There's something very daunting if you're not used to driving something with a hood that you can't see over. You know, yep. There's something daunting but, about that, but you get but used to it. But fast forward a few years when I bought myself a, a 1992 Bronco, and she wouldn't let me drive it. She loved it so much. Full size? Yeah. Nice. White? <laughs> no, no, Phil. It wasn't white. Although I did have a white Bronco. I've had three in the past, and uh, this one was brown. Okay. My white checking. one, I sold. Just checking. Um, yeah. Okay, move on to the next one. Okay, one more uh, for today. Uh, Nathaniel Garrison uh, wrote, go to Harbor Freight or Amazon. Well, no, I'm going to say Harbor Freight. We'll scratch the second one there. <laughs> and buy a bunch of uh, neodymium magnets, which I am a huge fan of magnets, and we've talked about them before in the podcast. Um, depending upon the weight of the item, you can get a magnet to hold it, like um, just super glue it or tape it to the thing you don't want to lose. And uh, he writes, for example, pens, pencils again, uh, sunglasses, lighters, chuck keys, etc. My shop has metal siding, so I can just stick the stuff directly to the walls. I use the, the sides of my tool chest. Another use for them is to quickly make a paint area with uh, cheap uh, plastic drop cloths. The magnets hold the plastic mm. nicely, and it's super quick to pull down. That's nice because he has a one of those metal shed, corrugated metal. Mm. So his entire building is magnetic. So yeah, like for for me, I have to use clips because my place is wood. But um, yeah, if you have if you have a lot of metal around, that's that's. I mean, just for the little things, there's always like your, like putting one on this on a tape measure and sticking it to the side of your your um table saw. You know what I mean? Like, right? That you'll never regret yeah. that having a table. But if there's a there. thing like instead of mounting a clip somewhere, like you take a tiny little bit of sheet metal and you could screw that into a wooden spot where you would normally keep something. Right. Then those magnets work. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You so could like, just... if you were going to do drop cloths, then you know you do the same thing. Like the next time your neighbor's throwing away a refrigerator, you can just unscrew that back panel and cut strips of that stuff and just screw it onto your walls everywhere or whatever. And for if days, you have to you go know. buy it, you can go um, go to any electrical department anywhere and you get the little metal cover plates for uh, like an electrical outlet that you're just going to cover up. Yeah. And they're like 32 cents each. Mm-hmm. And I've done that before where you use those little metal, it's just the size of an, like instead of a light switch cover, it's, it's you, you cover it up, right? Yeah, it's so a black. No holes in it. And it's already got two yeah, screw holes in it. Yeah. Yep. It's super cheap, and you can plop those up wherever you need to put the magnet. Yeah. I, I like that this uh, this tip segment is uh, starting to take off with a lot of great tips of just these simple little things. And, you know, not all of them are necessarily going to work for you. Like, I don't have a metal shed, but I do have places where I can screw metal plates. And uh, and hopefully uh, everybody listening is, you know, getting uh, sort of like lighting some sparks or connecting some synapses for how you can make your shop more efficient. Yeah. 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 Bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. What's next? Here we go. Okay. Uh, are we doing the iTunes review review now? Oh, hold on a second. I forgot the whole thing where we ask everyone for money. Sorry, guys. Let's do that now. My mistake. <laughs> 
So, the engine that runs this machine that is Reclaimed Audio is, of course, patreon.com slash reclaimed audio. If you like what you hear, if you enjoy what's going on here, there's two things you can do to help out this show. One, what are those two things, Phil? Those two things, Bill, I'm glad you asked. Those two things are patreon.com slash reclaimed audio, where as little as $1 an episode gets you, first of all, our eternal love. Also, access to the pre-show where you can hear how we come up with these phenomenal topics week in, week out. The other great way to help this podcast out is by supporting the sponsors that support the community and the podcast. So in this case, we're talking about Isotunes, and you can go to isotunes.com slash reclaimed audio and uh, use your coupon code and, and, and use that coupon code because that's how they know that you know this is working, basically. So um, if you like the podcast and you like the product, and frankly, who wouldn't like that product? Let's, let's, let's do it. Well, what's, are you just playing with sound effects right now? I was looking for the perfect sound effect to end this section, and I hit that one, which was pretty funny. <laughs> I'm glad you're enjoying yourself. Thanks. Okay, good. Um, (laughs) You know how we talked in the pre-show about, like, teamwork? I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. Uh, So there's that. So there's Patreon. There's the the sponsor. And uh, and now let's do our iTunes review review. And then after that, we'll get to the topic. Before we continue, though, I I would like to point out, a lot of a lot of other podcasts and other things that want to ask you for money. That's all they do. They say, please give us money. Use this thing. We don't do that. We interject so much entertainment in the begging for money that it makes it entertaining. And that's why I think that, you know, mm. and that's also what you get for the giving us of the money. It's the entertainment that we provide. Are we, do we have tote Tim, bags? Any tote bags yet? Any coffee mugs no. with uh, our favorite public radio programs? <laughs> Hey, you know what? What if... Oh, I got it. I did t-shirts. It's reclaimed audio. I'm going to go to the thrift store. I'm going to get a whole bunch of coffee mugs. And I'm going to use a Sharpie that I throw across my shop. I love this. Pull out of, and I'm going to write reclaimed audio on the coffee mug. And then we'll have those. And if, if, you inter- if you're interested in coffee mugs, let us know, people. Yeah, Everybody that signs up for... Ship. They all break. <laughs> yeah. they break. Well, we'll just break them before we uh, ship if them. If you It'll pay me for the shipping, yeah. I will ship you a coffee mug. We're, si- we're sent two items for the price of one, much like the multi-tools that I make. This will be not only a coffee mug, but it's also a puzzle. Yes. <laughs> but you have to supply your own crazy glue. Um, let's, Tim, why don't you go ahead and lead the charge on this monster of a, uh, of a iTunes review? Oh, I, I have that right here. Uh, yeah. This, well... It's not, this is actually a pretty short one, but so if you leave a five-star review at iTunes.com and we make it easy for you by just going to reclaimedaudiopodcast.com and there's a link right there that'll open up your iTunes, um, you can leave a five-star review and we will absolutely 100% read it on the air, much like this one I'm reading right now from Ricardo DeBar, who gave five stars and wrote, Unmissable, I always see to it that I listen to these wonderful gentlemen. Thank you very much. Uh, your coffee mug and check are in the mail. My could have been sarcastic. Oh, oh, hey. <laughs> okay, your broken coffee mug and uh, bounce check yeah. is in the mail. Thanks, Ricardo. Hey, let's read them like that from now on. Let's try. Like, I always see to it that I listen to these wonderful gentlemen. That's thank you, exactly. Ricardo. <laughs> I'm gonna read them all like that from now. On. <laughs> done and done. All right. 
let's let's deep dive into our topic here. And what did we decide to call it? Something about sartorial uh, Satori, which is the Satori. Buddhist. What, what is Satori, Tim? It's the Buddhist. Look it up, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I am looking it up. Hey, Tim. It's a, the Buddhist equivalent of having an epiphany of discovering enlightenment. Hmm. Wow. I love being an elitist. Here we go. So. <laughs> it's your NPR um, tote bag. <laughs> an epiphany. So what are what are some of those tools or experiences in the shop that were reminiscent of an epiphany? Like something that you got that you're like, wow. A game changer, a life-changing How experience. have I lived without this for so long? Right. And there's there's so many, like, there's all these things that happen sort of like in, you know, like here we're all at different places in our making. But, like, the first thing I thought of when we were kind of coming up with this topic idea was just the first time before I had a workshop, like, just as a early homeowner, and I just had some random things laying around, including a hacksaw that, like, my dad gave me. I didn't even know what it was or whatever. And uh, the first time I cut metal. Because up until that point, I was, you know, a young man, and I'd, I'd cut wood before and I'd made things, but I'd never cut metal. And I just always kind of thought that there was, like, there's, like, wood and paper and plastic, and then there's the stuff that's just, that's it. And then all of a sudden, I, when I realized I could cut metal and work it and shape it just like anything else, it was, like, this huge mm-hmm. satori. I was going to say epiphany, but that's not correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is correct. Yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah. Um, Okay, I'm going to go now. So I, I've mentioned before in the podcast that I've had three table saws in my in my career as a whatever. Uh, the first one was a skill saw brand, and it was one of those plastic direct drive aluminum top dealies. And, uh, and I used it, I want to say, for about two weeks before I was like, this is just bonkers. Um, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it was a little scary at how light and flimsy it was. And I made a box, and I, my first box ever, and I still have it. But right away, I realized that if I was going to do this in with any level of seriousness, I had to. So I did a lot of research, as I do, and I, uh, I got like a 19, maybe 90 or 1991 Delta contractor saw. It had a cast iron top and uh, stamped steel wings. It had a one and a half horse. Uh, motor that hangs off the back, but it was belt driven. And I bought this thing for a hundred bucks. I think I drove 45 minutes to get it. And when I brought it home and I powered it on, I was like, yes, this Mm. is, this is real. It's heavy. I felt safe using it. Um, and it was definitely a game changer. I, I feel as much of a game changer having moved up to the table saw that I have now from the contractor saw, but the feeling of that first contractor saw was that I was no longer limited by the tool. I could make anything was the feeling I had. And so that's why for me that was an even more important feeling than, let's say, the upgrade from the Delta to the Jet. Mm. Nice. Yeah. That's actually inspiring. I feel better about myself just listening to that. <laughs> well, then keep listening. I'll make you feel even better. Just kidding. I don't know. It's your turn. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to go back... Um, this is going to, they're so common now, but I remember the first time I was uh, early 20s and doing some side hustle on this guy's ranch and doing some barbed wire fencing, mending the fence. There's also parts of the fence that came up when you got closer to the corral. There's actually like a slatted normal wood fence and the slats were all broken and torn down. So we're going to repair those, either replace the fence boards 
or hammer them back in. And I was that's what I was doing. I had my little tool belt. I got a hammer. I got a pocket full of nails. And I'm hammering these boards back in. And the owner comes out. He says, hey, man, why don't you try this? And he hands me this little Makita 9-volt cordless drill. And it blew me away. Hmm. I mean, it literally is like, oh, my gosh. This and with a screwdriver bit in it, I'm like, he's like, yeah, this is gonna be a lot easier. Try this, and that was the first time I'd ever used a cordless drill, and seriously, it's like it was like this new technology, amazingness, and they were very expensive. I couldn't have one of my own, but I remember saving up for one after that because I'm like, this tool is gonna change, make things so much faster, easier keep you from smacking your hands with a hammer. It's like, well, now, I mean, everybody has a cordless. It's one of the first things, you, what do I, what could, what I need for my house? Get a cordless drill set, you know? That's, that's yeah. what we tell everybody. But back then, man, it was like, it was this little baby blue Makita, skinny, nine volt, lasted for about 15 minutes before the yeah. battery went down. Um, my kids. But it was amazing. And it was just like, it really, it, that seriously changed what I was able to do, especially on my own. Uh, especially as the as the batteries got better and you buy more batteries for them and and then of course now I'm a I'm the yellow tool guy I just love everything yellow, uh, but yeah so cordless drill that was my first big uh, satori moment and, and man have the batteries come a long way in a relatively short amount of time like oh yeah uh, um for for Christmas my my wife and son uh, bought me it's a uh, Milwaukee um one of those little mini chainsaws those battery powered chainsaws. And it's, I think it's mm-hmm. a, I think it's a twelve volt battery on this thing still, but it's like a modern one, you know. Um, it's just this little chainsaw, you know, battery. Pa- and Vance like basically cut a tree up today with it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, there's this tree That's that came crazy. down. Wow. And uh, you, know, you know, we we went over the safety of it, and it's a pretty small blade, and I trust them, you know. And he's out there. Yeah, he cut up. I mean, he, he was out there the other day. The whole battery lot. He cut a, a day and a half worth of firewood. You know, with this little four-inch or six-inch chainsaw blade, and the battery's not even dead yet. It was only half dead. It's incredible. Crazy. I want to add to that um, a new tool that I'm going to get. First time I've seen it, and it's fairly new on the market. It's a yellow tool. I'm sure other tools make it. But it is a, and it goes with all the batteries that I already have, it's a hand battery-operated pressure washer. Get out. (laughs) <laughs> yep look it up it's amazing I'm so getting one they've got them in at the orange store now right for 150 bucks tool only I've got all the batteries so basically it has an adapter uh, a suction hose that you screw onto it and you can put it in a five gallon bucket and use mm. it that way and or directly connect a hose to it and then there's a soap dispenser you can add to the front of the wand before the wand if you want to use it for soap but it's Dude, this is a game changer because I I have access to pressure washers, but I don't ever bring them home because it's like, eh. They're you know, a hassle. Yeah. They're, they're a hassle. The electric ones, you got to plug it in. Uh, the gas ones are loud and stinky. You know, they're made for it. But this little guy for doing just outside, you know, spraying the house down or washing the car. Washing the car. Yeah. Getting in the wheel for wells sure, in the car. Yeah. You know. and that's What's what the PSI saying. on this thing? 550. Get that's out. not it's a not lot, but it's 550. That's for washing plenty. a car. That's plenty. Yeah. That'll get the mold yes. off the chimney, you know. Yep. So I'm well, I'm excited about this. Paint. That will be my next tool. Is the oh. is the uh, yellow tool portable pressure washer, 20 volt battery operated. I think How I just cool had an this? epiphany that from <laughs> you just gave me one. I didn't know that. It's <laughs> incredible what they're making now. Really I just is. I just saw it last week in the store. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was this close. Hmm. 150 bucks. Here's okay, so here's the next epiphany, and this one maybe is, is 
tool and material related. So Tim brought up the point of working with metal earlier, and my first and probably only real, whatever, let's say, experience with it was um, I was fixing the lift mechanism on the table saw, and inside there was this little part, and it was made of cast iron. It was basically a Y, so kind of connected uh, the lift mechanism with the with the worm gear that sort of turns it up and down. Anyways, I over-tightened this part and the cast iron cracked. I guess it was a bad casting. And so I started looking online for replacement parts. And this table saw that I have is called the Jet Super Saw. And I think the thing is maybe 20 years old now, something like that. And the parts were just not possible. Nobody had them. It wasn't a thing that existed. And then I kind of looked at it and I said, well, why do I have to get an original part? Why don't I just make the part? And so I got my hands onto some quarter-inch thick uh, steel plate. I traced the part, and and then I just cut it out with an angle iron that I uh, not angle an angle grinder that I bought. And it was the first time I'd ever used one. And I you know I got uh, some step bits to drill out the holes, and I replaced the part on this table saw, and the thing was up and running again. So it was definitely not the prettiest replacement. But it works, and it has worked for the last three years. And that one was for me. It was like I can make my own parts to fix things. This is like so, nuts. This is when you say you didn't make you didn't make it or fix it, Phil. You fabricated your own parts. Mm. Yeah, that's a yeah. it's a freeing feeling to be able to do that. Especially the angle grinder. Oh man, how how much do we love an angle grinder? Seriously. I'm a fan. I'm a big fan. It's. I've said it many times. It's my favorite tool. It's my desert island tool, especially now because the way the batteries are. <laughs> you oh, yeah. need a cord. It's. Um. Yeah. That's like if I could only have one tool, be the angle grinder because you can cut straight with it. You can cut curves with it. You can cut metal with it. You can cut wood with it, and you can sculpt you with can it. You can sand with it. You can, can grind with it. With it finish can, with it. Oh, it's. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And it's loud it's and, cool. and obnoxious and a little bit, a little bit seat of your pants while you're using it. You know, it's a little exhilarating. Yeah. Gives you a little kickstart. Very manly. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to get gender. Is this a kickstart? I should get a kickstart for mine. <laughs> yeah, you have to get the Harley brand. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Six, six volt. Six volt kickstart. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who's up next? Bill, what's your next epiphany? Uh, Tim, you're next if you want to go. Oh, um, I have another one, so. No. No, no, no. What happened was Tim said his... And then you jump back in after having gone already. And then it was my turn. Now it's your turn again. I think, I think you're wrong, but it doesn't really matter. It's not. I am very much right. <laughs> He's the boss. Tim, I'll go. Tim oh, said the chainsaw after Bill had spoken about the battery, the Makita battery tool. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess you could count that. Okay. And then Bill hopped back in to talk about the pressure washer. All right. All right. All right. Again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach back in the, the old Wayback machine here. And... Um, I don't even had to been a young teenager. Uh, I know I was driving, and uh, anytime you have to lift the car up, uh, you had the bumper jack. Well, then the the next neat thing was the scissor jack, right? And it was like, oh yeah, this is because you can use a scissor jack, get your car up. You can put the jack stands underneath it, so you can either change the tire or change the oil, whatever you're gonna do. The first time I ever used and was able to buy my own floor hydraulic floor jack game changer still is to this day if you don't own one you need to go buy one because they're very accessible now people just don't think about it an actual hydraulic floor jack is so different to to raise your car up off the ground it's yeah. just and it, they're not expensive it, 
No, What's not anymore. Expensive? It used to be only mechanics had these. You had to go to the shop, and they had that neat. That was you're not allowed to have a tool like this. Right. You can go to Harbor oh, Freight and get a little one jack, for, dude. for I think like seventy five bucks. I mean, they're oh, not less really. Than that. Maybe only less fifty. Yeah. 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 Not the bottle jack it's, too. The one with the wheels. You roll it under and you. Jack right. This yeah. is a hydraulic floor jack where you roll it underneath, yeah. like like you picture the guys on the pit crew. They run out right. there and. Zzz, yeah, yeah, same yeah. thing. It's just a home version, and for you using it twice or three times a year to, to rotate your tires or just look up underneath or whatever. I'm telling you, I, I just remember how cool I felt because I had this this tool that not the average person really has. Well, a lot of people still don't know that and go out and get one. If you've ever had to use a regular scissor jack or a, or a bumper jack, which I don't even think they make bumper jacks anymore. But no, you've had to do that, that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. I just had to do this. My wife blew a tire and uh, and she was able to make it home. And so I had to take the emergency jack out of the trunk and use that oh by hand. It was terrible. Mm. I definitely want one of these hydraulics. She call, okay. Next time around, you got that in your garage. She's going to call you up and say, honey, I just got a flat. I'm going to make it home. And you say, got you. And you'll be out. You'll be putting on your like your NASCAR uh, hat. And you'll Would be you out of the driveway with your little suit on with that floor jack ready to go. She drives up. And see how fast she can do it. We'll time you. That I sounds want- like a terrific idea. I used to, um, when I had my, my old Volvo station wagon, it was, only, it was two-wheel drive, and, and I used to drive to Vermont every weekend, so I had snow tires, you know, and every year I would, mm-hmm. they were on, mounted on different rims, so I would just swap them out, and I remember right. um, the spring had come, and we were going somewhere as a family, and one of the tires like had kind of like a bubble in it. We started to get on the highway, and the car was like rock and roll. My wife said, we can't drive for hours in this tire. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'll just go put the other ones on. She's like, we're late. Well, I was like, I'll have it done in less than an hour. 45 minutes. I had all four tires changed on that car because wow. of that floor jack by myself. Yep. You know. Right. That is awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. I mean, put away, hands washed, back on the road, you know. And she, she was like, I was like, yeah, it'll take an hour. It was like less than an hour. She's like, no way. I don't believe you, you know. And, Hmm. But it, the only time a husband has ever given a time to his wife and actually come through, and I always say, she's like, how long is it going to take you to build that? It's going to take me like three days, a week tops to build that. By a week, I mean, later. Yeah. By a week, I mean next anniversary. It'll be done by next anniversary. I mean like business days. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's yours, Tim? Uh, I think I would uh, – another epiphany I think was um, – and, and it was – you know, people talk about like CNC, right? And they say like, of course I have to talk about CNC. That, you know, they say it's not real woodworking and all that stuff. And um, and I was afraid and intimidated by CNC like a lot of people that don't use it are. But I I, I overcame the fear. Now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all in. Um, so of You're course kind of there's a guy now. Um, there's, I mean, there's just, you know, layer upon layer of epiphanies when you start getting into CNC woodworking and, and, and doing that type of stuff. But the, the epiphany I had was that how much of a, better woodworker i became with hand tools and power tools because of the cnc like Hmm. i don't think i ever measured anything beyond it was like beyond an eighth of an inch it was like it was all just like eyeball and you know what i mean it was like you you, you're measuring stuff like oh it's about this wide and you find the file and you cut a little you know slot like making guitars like when i'd be you know carving the nut out i would just eyeball it all like that looks about right and I'd make my marks and then file, you know, file the nut and put the, and I never like, I never measured it. Like, I don't, it's like, I didn't understand the words. Like, you know, you learn a new word and then you just start hearing it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and it wasn't until I got into the CNC and I started seeing the difference a hundredth makes, you know, a hundredth of an inch or, and, you know, getting into the thousandths of an inch. And now I like literally just 
carry digital calipers around in my pocket <laughs> like the BR had given me. And, and I actually went, I loved the ones, BR had cut those digital calipers um, for me um, from Fieldstone Artistry. And uh, I actually, they, they fell out of my pocket and I broke, they were plastic ones, they were some inexpensive plastic ones, and I broke the little, like, kind of part of it so I couldn't use the, the measuring the interior side. And so I took my, yep. my good calipers and I cut them and I followed his footprint and I have my good stainless steel ones in my pocket and like i everything gets measured to the hundredth of an inch now in my shop because of the cnc it's like i like i learned those words you know um and i just that was not what i expected to get out of cnc woodworking i thought it was going to make me like 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 you know get lazy by hand or something or like or like remove me from the things that i loved about woodworking but it brought me closer to them and so people that say cnc isn't really working just they just have no idea what you they're talking what about honestly <laughs> when's the last time you heard that it's it's i think it's been a while it's people, been a while yeah. yeah yeah i think they i think those people shut up now because they probably got cncs yeah probably no you know what i think's happened you can see like on the on facebook like all these groups have happened and i feel like we've really tribed up Right, so the hand tool people who would have talked about CNC really just sort of stick to the hand tool groups. Right. Whereas we're more in the like right. the maker groups. I don't right. think anybody in a maker group is going to be like, "Man, nah, CNC, that's for the birds." I mean, that's just not happening. Sure, sure, yeah. But then if we were to start hanging out in the uh, the chisel and hand plane groups, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good segue into mine. So, I've uh, my first hand plane that I got was a number four Stanley, um, and I picked it up from this kid who dropped out of woodworking school. I think I got it for 20 bucks. <laughs> he for sure was using it for drugs. But anyways, um, so the money, I mean, not the hand plane. Um, so I got it, and this was, like, very early days for me. I had, like, this this giant workbench that I had built that, like, I don't know why, but I think I built it to, like, chest height. Uh, so for me, that was about uh, about three feet high. And um, and I had one of those metalworking vices on it. Bill's not paying attention. That was a test. You failed. I got working vice I had on it. Look, no. <laughs> he missed the. Oh, you weren't paying attention. That's and that's one of that's going to come up in your next review. By the it way, it was it was. Um, <laughs> he threw a softball at you, and you didn't even. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I you know what I wasn't paying attention. I was writing down my next one because right. I still use a pad and paper right there. You know what? Me and Casey are going to talk to Karen about this, but you're not listening. You're just waiting for your turn to talk. That was and that that's was, rude. I was just thinking Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Wait, there's no reason to talk to Karen about that. We already found this out. I know. Okay. Okay, just checking. Okay, we're on the same page. Okay. But no, but now that we know, what are the mechanisms we're going to use to heal this relationship? I'm okay with the pain. Okay, but we are not. (laughs) We are not. Anyways. Suck it up, Buttercup. That's all I got to say. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's, That's fine. Um... Yeah. So, anyways, I was using I was using this hand plane at the time with with one, a metalworking vice and whatever, and it was terrible. Uh, you just said I, that, I wasn't paying attention. I know you were talking about hand the, planes, but then you were yes, saying that you were using a vice. No, that wasn't the thing. It was I made a joke at my own expense about being short, and you were just you were out to lunch on it. I, oh, you're not that short. You're just like tally inhibited. I'm gonna miss you. um so i was using this hand plane with a with a metalworking vice and 
whatever. This is like I said, it was very early days for me. I had no idea what I was doing. And the hand plane, like I think I had like some oil stone that I picked up from like uh, Home Depot, and it's really for like very coarse sharpening of like I don't know maybe carpentry chisels, and it didn't work. It didn't work well. Um, and then I got some water stones, and that was better. But you oh, go I down this rabbit hole of having to sharpen with these yeah. stones and having to flatten them with diamond plate. I just I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to go any deeper into hand sharpening with stones and diamond stones and flattening all these things. So I found, and I've talked about it before on the every podcast. Week. <laughs> every week. Because I'm telling you, it's the thing. I got this WorkSharp 3000 for 100 bucks from an estate sale, and it, it just transformed the way these things work. When it dulls, you sharpen it in two seconds. I sharpen all of my planes and all of my chisels at the same time, and I'm done in like 12 minutes. I put the machine away, and I'm good for the next whatever month or so. And it's it's phenomenal. If anyone's not using something like that, or like the what's that the other one, the Tormac, not the Tormac. You know what I'm talking about, the the diamond wheel one. Is there's there's more than a few of them, but I I think yeah. the, the WorkSharp is just the way to go, and then that's definitely uh, up on my list. You know, my birthday's so next month. Good. I might just I might just bite the bullet. It's, yeah, cause it's I go because I go from my chisel needs to be sharpened. Tip. It's now a paint can opener, so I need to stop doing that. And honestly, you can bring it back. It's not just a sharpener. It's also like you can grind and hone edges with it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you've got much coarser wheels. Mm. Dude, I've got a knife collection that's you know rivals Duresta. I mean, I, my Dude. knives start getting dull. I go buy a new pocket knife, you know? So you have the one that looks like a record player, basically? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I have a few attachments for it that came extra so number one was it's um it's a plastic wheel that's got these slots in it that also has sandpaper with slots in it and what that does is as it's spinning and because it's a coarser sandpaper you're basically grinding an edge with it mm-hmm. the spaces it means that it's not heating up the metal because it's almost acting like right. a fan. It's, yeah, it's so cool. it keeps it cool that's that's clever so there's that um so that's so that's the grinding wheel and so that doesn't have one on top that's only from underneath so when you're actually creating an edge, uh, because you can sharpen from the top and from the bottom. The bottom is what develops the edge, and then from the top is what how you would hone the flat mm. or how you would like manually do um, an edge. Anyway, so I got that, and that came with it. And the other thing that came with it is the strop attachment. And I'm yeah. telling you, that's not like that's a mandatory thing. If it, yours doesn't come with it, get it. Yeah, for next thirty bucks, you can get it with the whole leather setup. And oh, it's great. It's just phenomenal. Mm. So. If you're into hand tools and you don't mind cheating, this is the way to go. You know what it is? It's because I'm not into hand tools that I want one of these because I don't spend, I don't use them all that often. And when I do, I inevitably didn't sharpen it last time I used it. <laughs> you know? Right. So that's why I so so just, just put it away. put an edge on what I need. It's as much cheating as CNC is not woodworking, right? Right, exactly. It's, it's, yeah. I'm saying if you're, let's say if you're a purist, right, and you need to be using, I don't know, cork bark to hey, you sharpen know, your whatever if that's your so, hobby great like you know like my um uh my a friend of ours uh he's a uh, 13 or no i guess he's 15 years old now geez he he was out hunting with a barrel loaded must like a musket you know what i mean like, muzzle loader muzzle loader yeah like because it's fun like hey that's your hobby great knock yourself out you know but if you if you want to yeah. actually shoot something you might you know invest in a better rifle but no he i mean he's used others too he's just into into all of them but yeah, I mean that's if you if you want to sit in a quiet room and sharpen chisels all day, great. Knock yourself out. But if you're trying to do this for a living, you probably want to. 
Or even if you just have a limited amount of time and you just want to work with sharp tools and you don't want to spend all night doing that. If your hobby is making stuff, not sharpening the things to make stuff. Right. Yeah. That's that's how I felt. Some people really enjoy that. That that meditative. It's idiot proof. It's great. That's what I need because I'm an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Half the time I'm sharpening something, I'll I'll be like, like, oh, look, a dog is running by. And then it's it's duller. You know what I mean? Like you just like. Yeah. And you've got some nice hand planes, so like it's worth it to invest in it. I do. And I have some nice chisels too. And like I only, only one of them sharp right now. You know, so I just keep using that. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific, Bill. You're up. Maybe we'll do one um, more round. I think yeah. we're done. All right, I got I got a little bit of a twofer. And again, going back in the wayback machine, um, I got this commission job. I guess it was a I I would like to call it a sculpture or an art piece. Uh, it was kind of like the guy's idea, basic idea, but I designed it. He wanted he had a, a store, like a little I don't even remember what it was, some kind of retail store, but he wanted me to make uh, like a metal structure to bolt on the outside of this one wall right and so i'm like okay i can do that and and, uh the only uh, what do you call that like a bandana pattern what is that pattern Um, plaid paisley it's like a paisley paisley Paisley. yeah yeah so he said just some kind of a squirrels you know swirls or, or whatever like that he wanted out of metal he wanted to be you know like six by eight or something like that and just mount that to the wall just let it rust it'll look cool all right, all right, I can do that. So I'm like, oh crap, how am I going to do that? Well, I remember using once a plasma cutter, and I knew a guy that had one, so I went and borrowed that. And it, that for me again was because my first thought was, okay, I got well, how am I going to cut this stuff? Am I going to take it and have it cut? I made myself. Oh, and this is the, the second part of the epiphany is one of the first times I used MDF for a pattern on metal cutting. So I, I cut out something in MDF, laid on top of the sheet metal, used a plasma cutter to scroll around it made mm. about eight or ten of these things and then got some rebar or something like that and just connected them all up put some little pipes little metal pipes as foots and then uh mounted it to the wall it stuck away from the wall by about three inches and it was just this neat design it was like the sculpture thing on the outside but using the plasma cutter for the first time to make all these repeatable cuts and then designing the the uh template basically out of mdf so both yeah. of those things for the first time is just using Using that imagination a little bit to get something done. The plasma cutter, a hell of a tool, and then again using MDF for a to cut metal, you know, as a template for metal was like. And then of course, you know, years later, I see Jimmy. He does all kinds of stuff with using wood templates and welding and fire and all kinds of stuff. So it's it's, it was, it's certainly not an original thing, but for me, it's it nice was. you showed was, him how to do that. Yeah, <laughs> I doubt it very much. Uh, we missed Jimmy's birthday, by the way. It was on the third. Oh. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Jim. Yeah. And I know for a fact that he's uh, 54 years old this year because he's only two months younger than me. Anyway, um, so yeah, Plasma Cutter was was an amazing tool. And I, I have, and again, all these things, when I use them then, were not the cheapest things in the world, but they're so accessible now. They're so accessible. I have one Certainly in my more garage. more so, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and How much is the Plasma Cutter? A, huh? How much was that Plasma Cutter you got there? Uh, I got mine as a used one for like 150 bucks. I bought mine oh, new on. for I think I think it was 429 dollars, brand new. Yeah. Wow. And uh, yeah. you need that an is air very compressor, accessible. but yeah, that's that's nothing. I mean, you know, when you're talking about like, you know, for me when I bought mine, I I got a job that I just right. You know, the, can you make 30 metal cacti? I was like, sure. I figured out how much it would cost to make 30 metal cacti, hour wise, or what I thought, and I added 429 dollars to the bill. <laughs> you know. And, and that, that was it. 
Yeah. Smart. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a neat machine. And again, it's something that a lot of people think of as like, oh, I'm a normal human. I'm not allowed to use these type of tools. And it's like every tool out there now is basically accessible to the average person. So, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I think, Tim, I, you're up. I think to, to, to wrap this up, it, it kind of just sort of lands off that. It's just the fact that the day that I realized that like there's all these things in the world and then there's all these things that aren't in the world yet and I can make them. You know, mm-hmm. like, like, uh, you know, like, just like, like the square, like that tool. Like, I was like, how come I can never find a ruler that goes in two directions? You know, like, and I was like, oh, why don't I just make it? Like all these like little things, like, oh, there's like, you know, I j- just make it. And, um, you know, whether it's just like a simple jig for, you know, holding something down while you're working or, or, um, or the, the project itself, uh, just that. Or, or a part to fix your table saw. Right. Or a part to fix your table saw or mm. like, you know, like the, the broken piece of exhaust on your car or the, you know, just like patching up a hole in your, the wall of your house with sheetrock and mudding over it. Like little things like that. Like, especially nowadays with YouTube and the internet and it's, oh, yeah. it's all so accessible and, um, and because like all my life, I was always the guy that I would look at somebody and be like, "Oh man, I I, th- I could make that," and I couldn't. But now I can, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, now I can, and I and that's just, I just gets me excited, you know. Every time, like I just dream up these crazy ideas, and like I was just just um, today, my uh, I had that video go out on the Vector YouTube channel of this. I made this wooden drum this cajon drum for my buddy Donnie. And at the end of the video, like we jammed and he's playing, it's made out of holocord doors, of course. And I was playing the, the double bass that I made out of holocord doors and garbage and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, I made that. Like that was unfathomable to me 20 years ago. Like to, to just go and make one, you know? Hey, if, um, just out of curiosity, if you, if you had two of those little drums that you made, would you have a pair of cojones? But I'm pumped. Thanks for bringing it there. Ba-dum-bum. All right. I love uh, it. I love it. Okay. Great, great segment. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, let's see here. What grabbed your attention? Let's go to... Well, you've been quiet tonight, Bill. How about you? What do you mean? <laughs> what? Uh, what grabbed your attention? <laughs> you know what? I just, I just saw it earlier. Uh, catches my eye every now and again. Matthias Wendell... So you can count on Matias to make the most amazing, elaborate. Talk about somebody who's like, I can make that. He'll he'll make anything. He'll make a yeah. bandsaw, right? I mean, the guy's just his mind is is amazing. Well, he just put out a little like six minute video. He wanted a curtain rod that was really long. He didn't have any long wood, so he cut up these strips and he used a yeah. scarf joint on one, and then he used like a V cut with a spearhead on the other side. Just two simple ways to join wood, and how and just how he clamped them. He did it and he. You know, and of course he used his uh, box joint jig to cut a couple mortise and tenons. I'm not talking about that part, but just the fact that mm. this genius sim- is like sometimes all you have to do is these simple things to get what you need to have done. And and I it just it caught my attention. I was like, oh, that's cool. I like seeing, you know, Matthias just like you know come back down to that? earth. <laughs> so anyway, check out check out that video. It was pretty. It was just neat to watch. The cool thing about that video was when you looked at the. Um, when you looked at the final product, you could not tell that no, he had actually No, you couldn't see the joints. It, it was you seamless. You couldn't see them. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I thought that was very cool. Like, I never think of that. Like, I don't have a long enough piece of wood. Oh, I better go find a long enough piece of wood. And he's like, no, you just you just make it. 
You yeah. just make it longer. Yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. That's the spirit, you know? Yeah. What about you, Tim? Um, Vance and I have been reading Neil deGrasse Tyson's Astrophysics for Young People in a Hurry. Um, mm-hmm. So he had written a book called Astrophysics for People in a Hurry. And um, uh, Jeff Shaw was at my shop a few weeks ago. We did that Damascus micarta thing. And uh, he, oh, cool. yeah. he asked, you know, what I've been into or, or whatever. And he was, I guess he listened to the Astrophysics for People in a Hurry, uh, like the adult version. And um, huh. and he was like, yeah, he's like, I had to I had to stop and rewind a few times, basically, you know. And I was like, yeah, I'm reading the version for young people. <laughs> and I had to stop and rewind a little bit. <laughs> but I, so like, I've, I've, uh, it's just a great book. Like, you know, getting the dark matter. And, like, you know, you talk about, like, we're... Uh, some people find this sort of depressing or sad or whatever, but I find it so exciting to think like basically like 95% of the universe, we have no idea what it is. Yeah. More than that. that. Uh, No, it's like, it's like, like that's the number he was going like 95%. It's like dark matter and dark energy and all this stuff. We just have, it's like, they're saying like basically 95% of the universe, no idea, like literally nothing, like no idea. It's not observable. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but we know there's something there, but that's it. And that's just like, like, you know, that just means that the, the possibilities are endless you know I just get so excited about stuff like that although it's been really fun trying to talk about this stuff with Vance and explaining explaining what a billion galaxies each one of them having a billion solar systems in them. <laughs> you know like these yeah. these concepts are so hard for us little mere humans to understand and Vance and I have been having a lot of fun conversations like reading this book together you know well, what what I yeah. find amazing, seriously, imagine that concept. You're trying to imagine these large numbers, but now they're talking about, oh yeah, but the universe is so big, it's actually got borders to where when you, as a child growing up, it's like the universe, it's infinite. It's not infinite. They're they're thinking that it started this big, and, and it's there's actually an end to the universe. Right, but part of that is because there's a point where we just no longer can see. Yeah. Well, you mathematically, know? they're saying there's an end to it. There's an edge of the universe. Right, and then we get, get the multiverses point. and what's on the other side there, of the there edge. There is no more universe after that, that yeah. edge. Yeah, and, and it's That's, all very different from when we were kids. Like, there's yeah. all these particles and parts of the atoms that they didn't know about when we were kids and stuff. It's really interesting stuff. Yeah. So if you yeah. haven't... Well, they're, they're discovering dark energy is, what's, is what actually is pulling things apart while gravity is pushing yeah. it together. And there's yeah. there's they a great think, little, and that's what I love about all of it is like you know we don't know that this is true, but right now it sounds really good. Yeah, and that and that's yeah. a big part of it, of the reading of it is that whole scientists love it when they don't know what's happening or when something happens yeah. that they don't expect because that's you know to, you know a lot of kids they tend to have that attitude where like they want to be right they don't want to be wrong they feel embarrassed and I'm like no I'm like being wrong means you're just on the on the path to learning you know what I mean like yeah. that's like it should be exciting and uh, you know trying to trying to capture some of that that energy and put it in a bottle of compressed dark matter <laughs> carrying it with us yeah oh. I love it yeah it's been fun but highly recommended for any adult even like to read this if you you know have a typical public school education and you haven't been keeping up on what's our understanding of the universe you know um, it's it's a great read awesome what about you Phil um Oh, I saw a great. You probably you guys don't know this guy. His name is David Picciuto, no. and he came out with a video today. I mean, the project was not anything spectacular, but the video was very funny and was like, I don't know, it was like one of the first times I felt like David felt really, really comfortable with his humor, and it was just very funny. He made a mallet. 
I mean, great. It was a great mallet. Right. But it was just a very funny video, and I really enjoyed it, so much so that I wrote a comment. Ooh. And just telling him how funny it was. And for me to tell someone how funny it is, that means it's funny, you know? Well, yeah. Because yeah. I'm so funny. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no. I think we all understood what that meant. Um, so there's that, and, uh, and we're going to move on. So... Our websites, williamlutz.com, newperspectivesmusic.com, guineapigtanks.com, <laughs> squaretools.com, I roll, and isotunes.com slash reclaimed audio. Guys, I want you to contact us for those show topics and especially for those tips to get your name into the tip segment to have a chance to win a pair of isotunes. So send us an email, send us a voice note at info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. You can hit us up at Twitter at reclaimed audio, iTunes reviews, anything five star, we will read it. So you just got to go to our website, reclaimedaudiopodcast.com, click on that iTunes link and it will take you there. And again, patreon.com slash reclaimed audio. Um, I forgot to mention earlier that yes, a dollar gets you, um, access to the pre-show but ten dollars gets your name read aloud at the top of the show with the other heroes of this podcast so thanks everybody and have a great week bye everybody be good